important affiliations that we have on the Landscape Radio Network. Really trying to build a relationship with Care First because we are on in DC. So WOL 95.9 FM is our biggest affiliate. Care First is the, the largest market player that services. So if you're listening to this show on the Beltway or 395, you're sitting in bumper to bumper traffic, which most of you that live in DC are doing constantly. Um, you probably have some relationship with Care First, rather it's on uh, their new their new managed care programs that they're really investing in, or it's just commercial insurance. But 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 Care First is the the, the big player in the in the DC space. So we've been trying to get on. I'm really good friends with uh, Subu. I struggle with the last name. Uh, Ramalingam. Ramalingam. But but Subu is a is a is a colleague of mine. Uh, both people that are that are Blue Cross people, I know him from his time at Pulse 8 and have a lot of respect for him. So I was hoping that Super would be down here and would sit with me and do an interview. But uh, he said his number two man. So so I got I got I'm bad with names. I got BK and you gotta you gotta. So it's Kajopaye. Kajopaye. So I got BK Kajopaye, who is on the management team uh, for for risk adjustment at at um, at Care First in in uh the dmv that services the dmv area so it's really good to have you on the show uh very important a strategic alliance for us uh we've had a lot of people from dc on the show we've we've had uh, jr myers was on the show so we're, we're we have some people from AmeriHealth coming on the show um dc is such an important market it's um whatever goes on in dc plays nationally so that's where all of your lobbyists uh, are that's where your policy and so there's a lot of pressure on on um, a care first as a blue, and I know the blue culture. I've uh, been in blue, been at Highmark, been at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Arizona. Uh, know the Fast Network people, very, very, very connected and affiliated with the with the blue culture. Um, to be in D.C. in the heart of it all, you you got to run a strong health plan. You know, you guys are after being out of managed care for many years, have gotten back into managed care the last couple of years, uh, both on the Medicare and Medicaid line of business. I grew up. I spent a lot of my formative years uh, in the in the Metro DC area, Columbia, you know, way out Prince George's, you know, way out going towards Baltimore. Uh, but I know what's going on in in Baltimore. I know what's going on in DC. Know what's going on in in between. And there are a lot of challenges in some of those communities. You know, a lot of challenges in Prince George's County. A lot of challenges. You get up towards Baltimore, uh, West Baltimore, some of the poorest neighborhoods in the country. A lot of challenges down in Ward Seven and Ward Eight in DC. Uh, shout out to Anita Adams, uh, who was also a frequent contributor to the show, the CEO of Howard Hospital. So we're very deep in this space. So it's just good to have you on the show. I know that you're very passionate about uh, risk adjustment and very passionate about the submission criteria. You know, you and uh, my partner, Kimber Walwin, were just talking offline uh, about the process and, and the importance of submissions and importance of care management, all of that good stuff. Wanted to start, uh, BK, how have you enjoyed the conference? You said it was your first conference. I didn't know it was your first conference. Yeah, so it's my first time at Rise. Um, so what, have you, what have you learned? Well, I learned that, you know, one, as an industry, we're all learning at the same time. That's true. <laughs> you know, um, and that um, we're trying to figure out, you know, COVID has really pushed the envelope on how much of a very, you know, fragile infrastructure we have in healthcare. Um, one, because we're not creating win-win systems for providers and for patients. Um, and because of that, you know, it's, it's in, we're, we're understanding the complexities that we need to solve for. But at the end of the day, we have to stabilize that relationship 
with the provider and the patient and make sure that the way we're building, you know, the things that we're learning are sustainable over time because, you know, one, from a compliance standpoint, you know, there's a lot more regulatory um, eyes on right. the work that plant health plans are doing right. and the vendors that are supplying some of the technology and some of the information that influence that work. And there's a lot more eyes on is it truly improving patient care? And so, you know, it's being able to be in an environment where that's been the constant theme and a lot of what of the education information sharing is ha I'm focused on has been great. Um, you know, it's helped me kind of formulate my own ideas that I want to take back to UpCare First to improve our structures so that we are developing sustainable solutions um, for, again, uh, providers and for our members. Very nice. Tell me a little bit about your education background. Are you from, are you from the Maryland metro D.C. area? So I'm a West Coast kid. Um, okay, you know, grew up, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Coach Carter, uh, Richmond, California. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's my hometown. Um, uh, grew up on the West Coast, uh, but then came to the so East Coast. Like, were you literally an oiler? Like, were you, did you grow up? <laughs> In, did you go to that school? I did not go to that school. Oh, okay. um, my, my mom made it adamant that I didn't go to Richmond High. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, I had an opportunity to, you know, go to school in San Francisco um, and just kind of commute from my community in Richmond okay. and go to the uh, school in San Francisco and just see the differences okay. um, in the various communities of the Bay Area. And that's okay. where, you know, my passion, you know, a lot comes from is seeing, you know, that while we are all trying to, we ha have one kind of uh, story in the Bay Area, right. uh, the way we manifest that story is very different. Okay. Um, and so, you know, my goal is to, you know, use healthcare as a platform to tell the different member experiences and how nice. healthcare influences how we show up for our lives and for the things that we hope to pursue. Nice. Um, and make sure that healthcare adds value to it and doesn't take away value from that. Ah, very, very, very nice. So tell us about your specific role with Care First. Like, what do you, what do you really focus on? So I'm a program manager for the Risk Assessment Program, right. um, but also work um, in, you know, collaboration with our, our uh, quality and stars team right. um, to ensure that, you know, we are, you know, complementary in our work, um, so that, you know, the way we present ourselves to our members is beneficial from a both quality and risk adjustment standpoint. Okay. So are you focused? So tell us a little bit about. Because I'm I'm a, I'm two years removed from 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 being on the health plan side, so I've been in my, I've been in business for myself, I've been a consultant for a while. Are you are you are people on that side? Are you focused on prospective work? Are you focused on retro? Are you focused on the EMR pool? Is it value based care? What are some of the things that you're focused on? Someone that's running a risk adjustment team. When I was doing risk adjustment, a lot of it was chart retrieval and coding. But as I was getting more mature in that business, you wanted to get more prospective. You wanted to get more at the point of care. Um, I, you know, obviously, I have a grandmother that's 95 that I take care of. I don't want her getting something on a chart next year. If she has an issue, I want to take care of it now. So what are some of the strategies that, that people are using now? So right now, one of the reasons, um, the things that I've been you know, focused on doing is improving our prospective um, process right. um, for both risk adjustment and for quality. You know, making sure that we are stabilizing and enhancing that provider uh, member interaction. Okay. Um, because, you know, that's where ultimately we can get it right the first time. That's right. And then whatever we can learn to improve, we want to focus on retrospectively. But we don't want to build a program that's solely based on what's already happened. Okay. When that puts us in a position where we're playing catch up versus being able to influence something that can happen now and then be improved for the member and the provider throughout the year. Okay. Tell us specifically, so how many members are on the, the you're doing Medicare and Medicaid or are you just on, on the Medicare? What lines of business do you work on? So my focus right now is on the Medicare line of business right. and our decent plan. Okay. Um, decent. How, and, many, how many members are on the plan? So for those listening, 
because this is in many ways an infomercial for Care First. So Care First <laughs> is a dominant market player in, in, in the DC area. So if you're listening in the DC area and you're looking for a plan or you're about to age into MA, you definitely want to consider Care First. How many members are on your plan right now? So we just started our MA plan right. um, last year. Um, and so we have about you know five thousand lives and okay, growing. Five thousand lives, right. And then on our decent plan, um, we have about you know close to eight thousand lives and growing. Right. Um, and so and then we're also moving into the Medicaid space as well. Right. Um, and so that would include you know Maryland Medicaid and right. DC Medicaid. Right. And so those are all growing government programs that we are looking to you know enhance and you know add value uh, to the members that are participating in them. What do you look at? Um, so I'm here with EpiSource, obviously. What do you look at when you're talking to vendors? And RFP, um, I think that this conference, we've really in, in your. This is your first time at Rise, so you're you're learning and growing. We're all learning and growing, but it's much more labor intensive from audits than it was when I first got in this business, you know, 13 years ago. Um, the audit process was very sim uh, simple and rudimentary. Now you have to be prepared for audits 24 hours a day, um, not just with your submission data, but just in the way that you, that you treat your members. You have the CAP survey, which is so valuable for your star ratings. Um, what do you look at when you're evaluating a vendor and, and actually looking to do business with a vendor? What are some of the things that you're looking for? Well, so my priority is one, how agile and how nimble is your data onboarding? You know, because if, you know, healthcare data is messy, right? And so, both on the on the payer side, and then also the requirements that each vendor needs. And so, you know, with healthcare and health plans, we have very limited data and IT resources. Yeah. So, if you know it requires us a significant lift for development to meet your needs, then that's going to impact our implementation. That's going to impact our ability to provide you know services to our members. And so, one, do you have a very nimble, flexible, and agile data platform? that where we can share our data, you can work with it and still provide the services that we're looking for you to, you know, to develop. Okay. And then integration. How are you able to, get, you know, what's the feedback loop? How are you able to give us back the information that we need to make informed data decisions on the services that we provide? Um, and does that feedback loop provide and improve or enhance continuity of care? And so, are we able to get information back to the providers that is actionable, useful, and they, don't, and they can trust? Um, because we know that doctor and physician trust is very right. fragile right. when it comes to you know, health plan sharing them data. And so, you know, any vendor that can meet kind of those top three requirements, yeah. you know, gives us an opportunity to really take a look at you and even, you know, and pursue further uh, a potential relationship to work with us and our different products. So, tell us about... Um are you in D.C., Maryland, and Northern Virginia, or just D.C. and Maryland? What are what are the states that you actually cover? So, the counties that you actually so cover? our commercial plan covers pretty much the whole of Mid Atlantic. Okay, that's um, what I you thought. know, um, and then our Medicare Advantage plan has a very strong presence in the Maryland communities. Okay, um, as well as a little bit in um, Virginia. Okay, and then our Medicaid is right now primarily DC, uh, Maryland and D.C. What are some of the challenges that that you see? I mean, you're looking at it from a leadership perspective, but you know, we talked, we were just talking about um, individuals that have chronic illness that they really need to go into care management programs. You gotta document properly and you gotta make sure that there's a the constant feedback loop that they're getting, they're finding out that they need to go into care management not six months after the fact when there's more damage that's done to the body. What are some of the challenges that you see in your region of, of, of the country that, uh, that may mitigate the ability of someone such as yourself and and uh, you know, Sabu people that have macro level leadership plans. What are some of the challenges in, in the DMV? 
So it goes back to you know having you know good data, right? Um, having good data is one of the biggest challenges because if you have optimal data, you're able to stratify more accurately. And I think being able to stratify our population, you know, you know, in a way that allows us to truly understand our various subgroups, and then figuring out how do we treat each subgroup appropriately to make right. sure that we're maximizing their needs and we're providing them the proper services. You know, and is the proper level or proper attention that those members need in terms of touch and also um, care management, um, what we're providing and does that what we provide, provide uh, or generate an ROI that says, hey, we're managing costs, but we're also right. increasing value. You are listening to the Lions J Radio Network. James Lewis. And the chats are cool because everyone's at a different stage of, of their life. Sometimes you have some friends that are bachelors and they're looking for something completely different. Than, than your friends that have four kids are looking for. And then you have friends that are going through a divorce, you have friends that are going through health problems, you, you pray together, you, you comment on what's going on in society together. If you have loved ones that, that are struggling with their health or struggling financially, those, those chats or forms to, to really to discuss and, and uplift one another. And then, you know, people, you got people, they're still talking about who they had sex with in college back in 1998. There's always that guy on the chat. It's like, yo, you remember when I tapped that? Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. It's just like, yo, Slim, she's got three kids and, and married a multimillionaire. She's not thinking about you. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.